Well, I don't think Louis C.K.'s contract with his audience where you can't even write jokes down or talk about them after the show is working so well. Uh, he's in trouble for another joke, and Stu, who <laughs> is a joke aficionado... That's my... Is that a title? Well, of my, yes, yeah. and, a, and, and you've been the head joke writer on this program... Until we stopped telling jokes because we couldn't get away with them uh, for a very long time. We'd like to dissect uh, the the joke that Louis C.K. is in trouble with coming up in just a second. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, now we're going to go into joke analysis mode, which is always very <laughs> no, good. I just... And, Everyone's beating up on Louis C.K. for this joke, and it's a it's a it's a typical effort to um, target you know a, a controversial topic or a controversial uh, statement, um, and because it's easy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you know, Louis C.K. made a joke about Auschwitz. You don't normally do that. It's not mm-hmm. a good idea. Although I will say, it's what he built his entire career on was making jokes about really uncomfortable topics. Now, taking out the idea of, of his personal troubles for a second, uh, you know, I think Louis C.K. is a brilliant comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is a guy who can kind of go into places where no one else goes. And he's had trouble with this even before his personal uh, issues where he's made jokes about things like child molestation and all sorts of things you should not joke about. However, there is there's a reason you do that, right? And he's doing it to to push those boundaries intentionally. And if you go to one of his shows, you know what you're in for. That this is the point of it, right? He's taking you down roads. He's making you feel way. He's making you feel icky, and then bringing it back around. Like he's a yo-yo. He'll he'll he puts you down to the darkest place that you you're going to be, and then he brings you out of it somehow. Mm-hmm. So he, the joke he got in trouble with was, I mean, he said, I'd rather be uh, in Auschwitz than New York City. <laughs> now, if you've, ever, if you've ever lived in New York City, there mm-hmm. are times, not very often, but there are times that someone could say, Auschwitz or more of this. And you'd go, well, no, wait a minute. Let me think about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, okay. So first of all, this is a joke not about Auschwitz. Yes, it's not. But about New York City. Correct. Right. The point is he's comparing... New York City to something very, very, very bad. Right. However, it's not even really a joke about that. And the reason he's saying it's about New York City, um, because he's saying, you know, it's tough now for him, right? Like, he's gone through a pers- his personal sort of storm here, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he makes jokes about that as well, how it's not a good idea maybe to 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 offer to show certain body parts to people. That's mm-hmm. maybe not, right. not, not, I not believe necessarily. The term he, he said is it's not very popular. Right. Which is true. Right. It's right. really not right. popular. Yeah. So he says, I'd rather be in Auschwitz in New York City. And then he says, I mean now, not when it was open. Right? Like he's 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 luring you into believing something so and then so pulling great. you back out. And that, I have to tell you, I've been to Auschwitz now. Right. It's still really it's awful. Really creepy you and awful. Really, you really don't want right. to be there even now. <laughs> no, it's not exactly a. I mean, you did go on vacation to it, and many have. And However, I was quickly vacation spot by yeah. my wife. That's not a vacation, right? Auschwitz. There's no part of vacation where Auschwitz fits. It's the that. last time you were allowed on Travelocity. That's that's basically what that vacation was. <laughs> it was the last time I was allowed to make any vacation plans. <laughs> but I mean, that is. 
he is not mocking out. First of all, he's Jewish, but he's not mark- mocking Auschwitz victims. And we get to this point where we all just kind of sit around and search for things that will be offensive to us. Right. Like, I understand if you had a relative who died in Auschwitz, like there is a, you know, there is a horrible, horrible, uh, you know, memory that maybe it, it drags out. But again, you're going to a Louis C.K. show. We've been doing this since the producers like this. We've been mocking this stuff for a very, very long time. It's the only Hogan's way. Heroes. It's the <laughs> right? only way right, yeah. you yeah hogan's heroes yeah. it's the only way that humans can actually deal with something as dark as auschwitz right i mean i don't know if you remember was i still in the my mom's dead joke phase when we teamed up <laughs> oh yes okay well i've seen you do this with pat many times oh yeah pat gray who uh you actually did it to him in an incredibly brutal fashion. Oh, it was brilliant. One particular episode. It was brilliant. Do you remember this? When he had first started in Houston, and he's yes. on the air, and he's, he's in, like, you're this big national radio host. Pat he is didn't... starting a job, his first right. real, like, if I remember, it was his first, like, talk radio job. Right. And he's, it was. you know, in the middle of endearing himself to the audience, Correct. which is an important part of the process. Because people, whenever you start on a new radio station, they all hate you for a while. You used to say six to eight weeks. It was always longer than that. Much longer. (laughs) You you listen to me for six to eight weeks. You'll hate me. And then you'll go numb inside. And then you'll come out the other side and you'll be like, I get it. It's funny. Okay, I got it. Now I understand it. So Pat's in the middle of that that process and you're already on the station he's going on to. Right. So he's like my, you know, my best friend. He's, he's on, he's a big national talk show host. I'll invite him on the air and hopefully, you know, We'll say that we're friends, and it'll it'll give it'll make that process a little easier. So now, Pat and I worked for years and years and years together as a duo, yep. and we we were known for just tearing each other apart. Mm-hmm. And I would always bring my mother's death. He would say something, and then I would be like, "Thank you for reminding me that my mother is not here to be with me." Right. And and he would <laughs> he would get the laugh because. Everybody was in on the joke that that's what I always said. Right. And then he would make it worse by piling on. Right. That was the kind of, you had like a standing routine. Correct. And it was, it worked when the audience knew both of us. Right. But I had been waiting because Pat played that card so expertly every single time Mm -hmm. he could, where he would always win. I knew, oh, (laughs) <laughs> I can win this time. And so he was on KPRC and uh, he said something and I said, wow, thank you for reminding me about my mother's death. And then he piled on as usual with a joke about suicide or something like that. And right. I was like, I can't. As usual, I said, oh, I can't believe this. I, I mean, that hurts so deeply. Well, the audience didn't know <laughs> that this was a routine that we had done forever. And Pat got it about the third time uh, bite at the apple. And he's like, wait a minute, you have to explain this. And I'm like, explain once. That what? That is the most hurtful thing anyone has ever. I don't even know. Wow. I mean, wow, Pat. That was horrible. It was wonderful uh, for me for him it was hell for oh yeah a few weeks oh yeah he was explaining uh this terrible thing to the audience mm-hmm. for weeks <laughs> uh, however <laughs> the point is though we go to dark places for humor it's because it's, it's the it's, only way you can deal with it when you have something for me my humor is really really very dark yes and i've never expressed my darkest side do you think ever on the air 
I don't not not in a long long time if yeah. you have ever. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's it's very. You work with me. It is very dark to the point to where people are like, "What the, did he just?" What what yeah. did he just say? And this was a problem as the, the staff started to grow, and you would yeah. just continue to do these things when people were on their first day. Correct. Right? So it was not always. <laughs> but it's funny. It is funny. It's funny. To us. Right. But you have to be in on the joke. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a Louis C.K., you know what you're getting. Yeah. You know what you're getting. You know that he is going to say offensive things, and he's going to be funny about them. But... And I'm telling you, I think the next generation, the not millennials, what's the generation after? The I generation. You familiar with this? The I generation, the one that Mm -hmm. grew up with the Apple iPhone. Okay. Okay. They're calling it the I generation? They're calling it the I generation. My kids are part of the I generation. And I've seen their friends, and uh, they are more politically incorrect I mean, I think there's a massive backlash coming. Yeah. Because they just see it as stupid. Just absolutely stupid. They they grew up on memes. They grew up on mean memes. Yeah. And they see how everybody's like, oh, my gosh. I think there is a backlash of biblical proportions. And that's why Louis C.K. is, I mean, and, um, and uh, what's his name? Um Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. They are leading the way, and they can get away with it. You know, teenagers can't, uh, but they're getting away with it at this point because it's really smart. That's a smart Auschwitz joke. Yes. Okay? And, it, and it brings you down a road where you, you're like, oh, my God, what is that he is about? horrible. Oh, he actually is. Yeah, like, he brings now. you down. Not, I mean, not, not then. Not when now. it was open. Yeah, that's great. That's a great joke. That's great because he's turned it on you. Yes. Like, you were the bad you were the one problem. thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. You were you doing You were. It. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm disgusted by you. And both of those guys are technicians with yes. this stuff. They are tech. Yes. I mean, Chappelle, uh, you know, for all the praise that he got from this last special from the right and all the opposition from the left because he happened to say a couple things that I guess you might consider moderate. I mean, they weren't even like, it's not like he's a hardcore conservative here. He just said a couple of things that you might consider kind of moderate. And because of that, uh, a lot of people on the, on the right sort of discovered him beyond, you know, you know, the comedy central show from back in the days, but the guy's a technician as a comedian. Comics will tell you that he is, he's the comedian that they look up to. Because of 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 just his ability as a as a surgeon with the art, and you know I I think Louis C.K. is in that is in that realm as well. I mean, and the fact that he's kind of now just doing these small clubs, and the only thing you ever hear about him is when he makes a joke that's offensive, so that everybody can have their clickbait for a few weeks. Because he's now because he had these personal issues where it does not seem that he did anything illegal, but was kind of a, a dirtbag. Uh, that now allows click, 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 click every time he tells a, a joke about sex or about something mm. tawdry or even this where it's just generally offensive. Well, he was always making offensive jokes. It was his entire career. His entire career was doing this with skill. And I think this is just another example of it. Now, he did do it in Tel Aviv, we should point out. So that is a... Maybe a part of the reason why, but again, that's the break. That's a that's and a Tel Aviv is not Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Tel Aviv is New York City. You walk down the streets of, of Tel Aviv, you're either in Silicon Valley or New York City. It's a very, very liberal, progressive part of Israel. Mm. It's a totally. 
you go to Jerusalem and it is Jewish and 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 sacred and sure. religious. Tel Aviv is not. So it's, him going to Jerusalem and saying that joke would be taken differently <laughs> than in Tel Aviv. I mean, I mean, still, look, it's, it's still it's, one that I would say, <laughs> I might leave out for Israel. Yeah, it's, you know? it's still one in a country basically uh, founded uh, because, because of, of Auschwitz. Yeah, yeah, so that's, I mean, it's, uh, it's risky. It's risky. It's risky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I was advising him, I'd be like, I don't know. That one might be a little risky there. You save that one for yeah. Iowa, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> So I'm doing a show on television tomorrow uh, because I, I've I've seen this. George Soros is back, in case you don't know. Uh, George Soros, who spent a million dollars. Verify this. If if I have this wrong, Stu, verify this. George Soros spent a million dollars, contributed a million dollars to Media Matters, something that he started, um, and contributed a million dollars specifically to take me down. Yeah, I mean, am I wrong on that? He did do that. Uh, it was in 2010, I believe it was. Uh he said he spent a million dollars, gave it to Media Matters <laughs> to fight uh Fox News and its incendiary rhetoric and, and specifically was targeting you uh, uh because this was right after you did a series of shows about him mm. and his influence. And again, this idea that because George Soros uh, you know, is, um, I mean, the thing that they're now going after is they're like, oh, well, it's anti-Semitic to criticize George Soros. He's one of the largest Democratic donors. You can't just take the large Democratic donors off the table for criticism. Like, that's just not okay. Like, you don't do that with Sheldon Adelson at all. No. It's totally fine to criticize him, who happens to also be Jewish and also give a lot of money to Republicans. That's totally fine. But when it's George Soros, it's anti-Semitic. And that's, that was basically, I mean, your point was, look at the networks this guy has built. Uh, here are the things that he's done. He didn't like that you were exposing that and actually gave a million dollars kind of specifically uh, to target you. And they mentioned you by name in the statement. So um, here's the thing. Um, he's back because I did the Puppet Master show again. And uh, and not again. A, a new episode. And tonight, oh, it's even worse. <laughs> tonight, while I've been gone... Uh, my little Christmas elves has been working uh, for more on the impeachment uh, and on the deep conspiracy theory that's all anti-Semitic. You won't believe what we found tonight. Every show, every single show is like a special right now. It is the best work I've done possibly in my lifetime, uh, but definitely in the last 10 years. You don't want to miss every show on Blaze TV five o'clock tonight we'll we'll give you the update um but i was uh, uh, i got a letter from somebody uh who i actually respect who is somebody that uh i'm not going to i'm not going to tell you who it is um he's a guy that i met with recently about six months ago actually had dinner and he said he i think he went through a friend of mine and said i really want to have dinner with glenn but he hates my guts and <laughs> he is not going to want to and so my friend said, hey, you know, you want to have dinner with this guy? And he said, apparently you guys don't get along. And I said, I don't even remember. What are you talking about? And I had to Google his name to figure out, oh, wow, we were in a very, a very public uh, spat with each other. So I had dinner with him and I said, listen, past is past. And I forgive you if you forgive me and let's just move on. 
So he wrote to me, and uh, he's Jewish, and he was one of the guys who was leading this anti-Semitic thing against me, uh, using Soros money, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and when we had dinner, he was talking about, look, I, I didn't know some of the things that you were saying. I didn't, I didn't understand all of it. Well, he wrote to me recently, and he said, why are you doing the Puppet Master again? Why are you doing that? You know that's an Elder of Zion uh, trope. And uh, so I wrote him back, and I want to explain this. Uh, we have to take a break here real quick, don't we? Uh, is that about two minutes, one minute? Um, but I said that, uh, I said to him, it is, it is, um, but that's not how I mean it. And I think we need to define a few things, because if you just say, Criticizing someone who is Jewish is anti-Semitic. I can't go there, um, and that doesn't. That there's no reason in that at all. So tomorrow is my answer to that. Tomorrow at five o'clock, because I've I've done a lot of homework over the weekend, and I think this is important to to make sure that words have meaning, real meaning. And that's coming up on tomorrow's broadcast tonight. See what Soros is up to regarding the impeachment. Wait until you see the new connection we found tonight, five o'clock only on Blaze. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So what is Joe Biden? What is Joe Biden's vision for America? You know, he's out on the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about a lot of things. I think he was unfairly dissed for biting his wife's finger. Yeah. That was a joke. And <laughs> if you actually watch it, it was fine. It was, you know, him I, trying to be funny. Yeah. Questionable whether you should do it in an appearance. But I mean, yeah. it was just a right. But it, it was it, supposed to be a warm moment between husband and wife. I don't know that it came off that way. Exactly. Well, because everyone. Joe is a little creepy. He's weird. He's a little creepy. And uh, he did say this in a speech, which... Somebody's got to stop him. Here it is. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. I, I don't. He? That's, he? I wouldn't include that in the stump Shut speech. Mouth. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it is. You're right. Michael, Michael Jackson said basically the same thing in his weird interview. We, like, we go back to Michael Jackson. We're like, how did we miss this? Yeah. Are we going to go back to <laughs> Joe Biden and say, how did we miss this? I don't think that he's a child molester. No. I don't think that. I think he is. I think he's a little weird. Mm-hmm. I think and he's he's, he's very handsy, very handsy mm-hmm. uh, but not with children. I think he's probably well, more handsy. He's no, handsy with children. For he sure. is, but I don't okay. think that's a sexual predator thing. I don't think so either. Right, but there is the there is the doubt that if I don't care if I don't care if you're Jill Biden, you do you have to recognize, good Lord Joe. What were you when they got in the car? That's what Jill should have said. What were you thinking? Mm. 
Do you know well, what that sounds like? Oh, my well, God. I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. How is he not aware of this, right? right. You, you can't explain this away with a stuttering arg- article, which is what they tried to do with his speech issues, uh, his forgetting things, his not being able to find the right words. There's a big expose that came out that he was a stutterer, and that's the reason. It's all, it's all ah, coming back now. Oh, it's all coming which back. Which is not medically normal for it to come back after you've cured it, which they right. do put in paragraph 85 of the article or so. Um but just just stop and think, because that's a ridiculous moment, right? The idea of some, I love having kids jump on my lap. You could certainly, uh, you could dismiss that with a grandfatherly thing. But step back for a moment and picture what he has just described. Think of if you walked into a public pool and there are a bunch of kids around a guy and they're rubbing his legs down to watch the hair on his legs stand back up. You a, are I calling the police in this situation, yeah. are you not? And I don't believe that any kid would <laughs> notice that on their own. No. I mean, that would be like, you would have to question the kids. Did you notice that or did he point that out? Right. Like, look, kids, you can rub my leg. It's just weird. It sounds like the guy who in, in an airplane that comes in. Have you ever been to a Turkish prison? It's like <laughs> yeah. that guy. It seems right. like. You ever see hair stand up on somebody's leg? Watch this. <laughs> Try it. That's what it's, it seems like. It does. Like. It does. Now, I don't th- again, I don't, I don't know why. I feel like there's, there are definitely people who said the exact same things as Joe Biden, and I would think they were doing something illegal. <laughs> I don't think it with Joe Biden. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's famous. Maybe because he's goofy. I don't know what the reason is. But it is something that normally statements like that are like the defining moment of a campaign. It's like, would you rather have, would you rather be a person who's like, you know what? I told a story about I was in a pool and a bunch of kids rubbed down my legs. And then I said, I like kids hopping on my my lap. Would you rather have that moment? Or I wore a helmet in a tank. Like, like, (laughs) it's like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was in a tank. Yes, my helmet was a little goofy. I lost because of that. Even Ross Perot was like, yes, I had satellite dishes for ears and I said a lot of crazy things, but it wasn't like that. And it's funny now we have like, you know, two candidates here. If it's Biden versus Trump, you've got two candidates who have 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 said things that aren't they don't don't always come off at the time of Me Too. (laughs) The time of Me Too with these two guys. It is, it's insane. It's, it is the backlash. On, I think on the yeah. right, it's the backlash. I don't care. I don't care. You say this about everybody, I don't care. Have you seen the polls on the impeachment? And I think this is not just because I don't care. I think there's a part of it. Mm-hmm. But I think they made, the Democrats made such a bad case that people are just like, I, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I'm not interested. I don't think so. I mean, it was look, the Democrats won the House. They can impeach him for anything. Okay, they they, they control will. the entire process, and they will can impeach him for everything. It was their job. It was not their job to to impeach. That's that's easy when you have control. The question was, can you can you uh, convince Americans who are maybe not not resistors? They didn't sign up for Tom Steyer's website to impeach in 2017. I'm saying like normal, everyday, middle of the road to right leaning Americans. Can you convince any of them that this isn't just a ridiculous partisan exercise? And they have totally failed at that. Totally so failed I that. kind of agree with with Trump saying I'm not participating in it because why give it any credibility? Right. It's ridiculous. However, you know, I don't believe this is this is what this was about. This was about him being a hand grenade 
going off in a very bad place for the Democrats and them having to do this to try to create a a conspiracy theory to cover up the crimes that they were committing, including messing with the election, right. doing everything that they claimed Trump did. They did it in Ukraine. And I think he's got to move forward. If he doesn't do it in the House, I completely understand, unless it prohibits him from bringing that stuff into the trial over into the Senate. Because he's got to, it, you know, sometimes right. like, well, that was not part of the inquiry. That wasn't part of the original case. If they don't put that in, can they bring it up in the Senate? They because should, he's got yeah. to expose it. They should be able to. I think you're right. I think they can have the best of both worlds if he doesn't participate in this part of it, which will make it look more like a partisan activity. It is, for sure. But, I mean, you know, sometimes it's worth participating in these things to shape them in some way. The issue here, though, is, you know, the impeachment vote is going to come to Democrats. It's going to be it could be done completely by Democrats. The Constitution is very clear that the Senate controls the other part of this Mm -hmm. so they can bring in whatever they want in. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to they're going to try to get buy in from Democrats to say it's a fair process. They they've done this in previous uh, examples of impeachments where they kind of at least come to the table and say, look, here, we're at least agreeing on the rules. And uh, they will try to do that with Democrats. But th- I don't think that's yeah, going to prevent them do. from yeah. bringing out the their side of the I story. Hope so. I hope so. If they don't do that, then it's a complete failure by Senate Republicans. Yeah, They totally. should be able to at least But that's make what case. they usually do. That's what they usually do. One more vision of America. Uh, this one is uh, from, from uh, Michael Bloomberg. Now, Michael, as you know, is... Just a wonderful individual. Oh, that has all sorts of Me Too problems himself, by the way. Oh, man. You should see some of the comments they have him quoted in multiple articles by liberal journalists saying how he's objectifying women, how, you know, he has people who are on his staff saying, uh, you know, that he used to come up to him when, you know, one of the women said that when she waited too long to dye her hair, that he would come up to him and say, hey, uh, how much does it cost to get your hair colored uh with those two colors because you've got a third one gray coming in um it you know it was uh hey look at the uh it wasn't but but a different word uh look at the butt on her to a liberal journalist in front of liberal journalists i mean he was known care. for spouting well they did they were they actually put it in stories and he was known for spouting off very anti-women like settle down lady I got that you have this job, but you're a woman. Like, st- stay down there. The glass ceiling is is below where you are. He's currently. absolutely um, unlikable. Yes, and he's unlikable. Objectifying women like crazy. Yeah. No, no, for for sexual reasons. But I I just want you to hear this new tactic by a Democrat on taxes. Listen to this. Taxes are regressive, but in this case. Yes, they are. That's the good thing about them, because Mm. the problem is in people that don't have a lot of money. And so higher taxes should have a bigger impact on their behavior and how they deal with themselves. Mm. So I listen to people saying, oh, we don't want to tax the poor. Well, we want the poor to live longer so that they can Mm. get an education and enjoy life. And that's what, why you do want to do exactly what a lot of people say you don't want to do. The question is, do you want to pander to those people or do you want to get them to live longer? And there's just no question. If you raise taxes on full sugary drinks, for example, they will drink less. And there's just no question that full sugar drinks are one of the major contributors to obesity. And obesity is one of the major contributors to heart disease and cancer and a variety of other things. 
So they know better. Yeah. Here's a progressive that knows better than the poor people. Yeah. How and we- he's going to make sure the poor people are good by taxing them out of everything that they may like. Right. How do we save their lives? We take their money so they can't spend it on bad things. And, you know, it's funny. There are people who are more leftist than Michael Bloomberg. But I don't know if there's anyone more purely progressive than Bloomberg. He absolutely believes he is the smartest guy. And if he just just implement what he wants, it will be better for you because you don't understand as much as he does. I'll give you a tie on Elizabeth Warren. But they're cut from the same cloth. Mm -hmm. They're smarter than everyone else Mm -hmm. in the room. And they have a plan for everything. Welcome to the uh, program. So glad that you're here. The um, The case uh, for the Supreme Court is interesting. The one they're taking up with, with New York. Apparently in New York, you can only take your handgun. If you have a permit, which, good luck getting one, you can only take it to one of seven uh, uh, sites that are New York sanctioned in New York to shoot. <laughs> if you have your gun, even if it is broken apart, and the uh, you know the ammunition is in the glove box, and the car is in the trunk. You still can go to jail for that. Well, that was the that was the ordinance they passed. Correct. However, they've repealed the ordinance. Why? Because they thought it was unconstitutional. No, no, no. They were worried about losing the challenge at the Supreme Court. So the liberals got rid of their liberal law because they were worried the conservatives would say unconstitutional, so that other places couldn't do it. Which is hilarious. It shows how they're running from the court right now. Uh, on this topic, they haven't done anything really since since Heller, which mm-hmm. was the big decision that said, yes, you can have individual right to firearms. Um, and then there was a follow up about uh, Chicago after that, which said uh, it's not just in you know Washington, D.C. And, right. and uh, right. you can't just pass city laws doing this. Um, but there hasn't been a big ruling on guns in about 10 years. And this one, I mean, I think shapes up relatively well. I mean, we know for sure there's at least two votes in, in Thomas and Gorsuch who are on the right side of, of this. Um, and it seems as if Kavanaugh will be on the right side. It's the speculation. Um, I would be surprised to see Alito go a different direction, which gets you to four. Now, Roberts, of course, is a complete, you know, who knows? He just decides these things on whether what he thinks is going to look good in the papers the next day, it seems like. Um, but that is a, it's a big one. And I think there's a good chance there should be, this is an easy one. If you have a, a standard, uh, on firearms that is a, is part of a constitutional right, cities can't pass ordinances that ban that right. Then they're banning it to a point to where if you have a gun in the city, you can't trans. let's say you're going out to, uh, you know, a, a hunting range outside of the state. You're going to a state where you're allowed to carry your gun, you know, and you have the right license for that state and you're going to the airport. You can't do it. Yeah. You can only move your gun from your home to a shooting range and one of the seven New York sponsored shooting ranges. That's it. It's not the Second Amendment. That is crazy. And they know that they, they, they've ignored these rulings. You know, the Supreme Court like, oh, gosh, you know. One ruling in 1972, Roe v. Wade, is is basically you know the the only thing in the Constitution as far as the left is concerned, and you can't challenge it, and it's settled law, blah 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 blah. But when there's a conservative ruling in the Supreme Court, they just ignore it. Mm-hmm. They just pass all these laws anyway and wait for it to go up to the court. 
uh, and hope that they don't get accepted by the court, which is what the court has been doing relatively recently until this time. And here, the Supreme Court's going to take it on. And when they realized the Supreme Court was going to take it on, they're like, ah, actually, we, uh, we just repealed that, and there's no reason for you guys to look at it. I mean, that was their defense. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, it should be obvious what should happen here. Whether it is obvious is, of course, under the power of John Roberts. And uh, we've seen how that goes in the past. Sometimes it's okay, but most of the time it's it's questionable to insane. Well, it uh, could it should be common sense. It should be easy, and it would have been on the earth that you and I grew up on. But <laughs> somehow or another, we all slipped through a wormhole, and we're on a different planet. Uh, looks a lot like the place we used to live, but eh, not so much. Not so much. We'll see how it changes even further with uh, Epstein. Did he kill himself? <laughs> Chad Prather next. You're listening to Glenn Beck.